What Trace Jackson Davis is doing right now is something we may never see again in our lifetime. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I am your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you for making us your first listen every single day. What a day. What a day. What a game on Sunday. We're live streaming this a couple hours after the IU-Michigan uh, State game. And part of the reason I wanted to wait is because I wanted to try to properly contextualize how good Trace Jackson Davis has been right now. Because on Sunday, he continued to be phenomenal for Indiana. And this time, the Hoosiers win against the Spartans, 82-69. to Overcome a pretty slow start. I think they were down 25-16. to uh, They trailed briefly in the second half. But ultimately, there were a number of things that led to IU winning. None more so than Trace Jackson Davis, who earnestly... I I saw this posed in a couple of different ways after the game. Basically, how good is Trace Jackson Davis? He's the best player in my lifetime and one of the best players that's ever put on the candy stripes. On Sunday, 31 points, 15 rebounds, 5 blocks, 4 assists, 10 of 20 from the field, 11 of 13 from the free throw line. 31 and 15 is an absurd stat line. But if you look at Trace Jackson Davis's recent games, it's like maybe the second or third best game. His last six games, let me read some stat lines to you. Uh, 39, three assists, three blocks. 18, 24, eight assists, four blocks. 14, 11, four assists, two blocks. 18, 12, four assists, five blocks. 35, nine, five assists, three blocks. 31, 15, four assists, five blocks. It is unbelievable the run Trace Jackson Davis is on. Like I said, at the bare minimum, he's one of the best players to ever play for IU. And certainly within the last couple of decades. And what he's doing right now is playing um, the best basketball of his career. And it's an absolute joy to watch. He tied the program record for blocks on Sunday. He's going to own that record. I was looking at some various stats. There's a chance he could become the program program's all-time leading rebounder, depending on how many more games he plays, how many games IU plays this season. Uh, he's rebounding at an absurd rate. He's going to finish top four, maybe top three in scoring all-time for Indiana. And when you have Trace Jackson Davis playing like this, you're going to have a chance in any game. On Sunday, like I said, he started slow. I think he was 0-4 and then finished and then went 10 of 16 to finish the game. By the end of the game, as seems to always be the case, Michigan State just had no answers. IU had completely figured them out and Trace was doing whatever he wanted. IU ran a couple of the, the penultimate play of the game. 
was a really cleverly designed alley-oop that it was planned. It was, I believe, Trey Galloway on the wing. IU made it look like they were clearing out for a Trace Jackson Davis post. They realized Michigan State was fronting it. Uh, Trey passed to Jalen, who Trace immediately spins, goes kind of backdoor. Jalen throws a perfect lob for the dunk. That is a designed play. At the very least, something they discussed. That wasn't spur of the moment. And it it was uh, a microcosm of the game. Michigan State didn't really have an answer for Trace. They tried different things. They weren't as crazy as Brad Underwood trying to single cover him. But their doubles weren't very good. They didn't really seem to have a cohesive plan other than we can't let him go one-on-one. The doubles were coming from weird places. It wasn't the same place. And it wasn't even like a a well-designed defense. It was more Michigan State didn't even know what it was doing. And it led to some confusion. And, I mean, Tamar Bates, we're going to talk about him. He certainly took advantage of that, as did Trey Galloway. Uh, But Trace ultimately just thoroughly dominant and it's kind of hard to put into words how good he's been i i literally as i was typing out the headline or the title of this um podcast i realized i couldn't put dominate or dominant uh describing trace because it i'd used it like three or four uh podcast titles in the last couple weeks but that's i don't know what other word to use to describe trace right now he literally cannot be stopped. He's playing as not just one of the best players in the Big Ten, one of the best players in the country. And like I said, when he's playing like this, you have a chance. Ultimately, kind of speaking on the rest of the Hoosiers, um, they this team took a little bit to figure out how to adjust to not having two starters. Maybe a little bit longer than we wanted, but especially after losing Race, who... Did return on Sunday. We'll talk about him in a bit. Especially after losing race midway through that Iowa game. They had to figure some things out. Particularly on the defensive end. They have figured that out. And they have certainly righted the ship. Did they do too much damage along the way to win a Big Ten title? This is going to be a defining stretch they're coming up on. To play their way back into a Big Ten title race. But ultimately this team seems to have kind of corrected course and is back on track. This is not just three straight wins. It's three straight games. They've won by double digits against good opponents, a ranked Wisconsin team, a top 30 Ken Palm, Illinois team, and a top uh, 40 Michigan state team. The Hoosiers look back on track. And as Dylan said, that what Trace didn't even have the best dunk of the night. Miller cops dunk. Uh, I don't know. I certainly didn't expect that. I didn't know he could get up like that. Kudos to him. He had a runway uh, cleared for takeoff and absolutely threw it down. But it, it spoke to kind of the contributions from the rest of the team on Sunday. A lot of guys are stepping up. This team didn't give up on the season. After that Penn State game, it felt like a do or die moment. Either they were going to turn it around then or And we spoke about this kind of four-game stretch right here. IU is three games through. We spoke, either they turn it around now or this is going to get ugly. 
they turned it around. Mike Woodson spoke after the game. He kind of upped the intensity in practice. There was a players-only meeting from Trey Jackson Davis. Woodson has kind of personally challenged some guys, Jordan Geronimo, Tamar Bates, along the way, and everybody has responded. And it's that type of mental toughness that has me really optimistic about what the outlook of this team is, especially if they can get healthy, big if, knock on wood, if they can get healthy. I mean, this will be a battle-tested team come the end of the season, and it's going to make them a really tough out. But it, it was in the meantime of them kind of becoming battle-tested. They're putting together some really impressive performances, some really strong performances, Sunday being the latest among those, to beat Michigan State, to out-tough Michigan State. That's kind of Michigan State's M.O., is to just be tougher than everybody, both mentally, physically. IU got the better of them in both regards. They won this game as well at the free throw line, which is not something we ever say about Indiana. They were 21 of 24. Michigan State was 19 of 28. It doesn't exactly make up the difference, but IU winning that game while going almost perfect from the free throw line is really impressive and it it speaks to the focus this team has right now let's talk about some specific players we've mentioned tomorrow trade race all those guys we'll talk more about them before we do that let's talk about today's sponsor linkedin as a small business owner or hiring manager you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with that's why you have to check out linkedin jobs with linkedin jobs Uh, You can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. Basically, it's simple. LinkedIn Jobs has uh, screening questions. You can post your job for free at uh, linkedin.com slash college. Fill it out. Add some screening questions so that you're not wasting time with candidates who don't fit your needs. And that's why... LinkedIn Jobs is rated number one by small business owners and delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thanks again to everyone for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every day. Now, make sure you also check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. We'd be remiss not to talk a lot about Tamar Bates and Trey Galloway in this one. It, it took literally Trace Jackson Davis going for 30, 15, 4, and 5 to... Uh, kind of take the headlines away from 34 combined points from Trey and Tamar on eight of nine shooting from three, excuse me, eight of nine shooting from three. You're not going to get them going eight of nine shooting from three in every game, but you are able to kind of get this general level of production. Tamar Bates was absolutely unconscious and, and, it, it kind of is there's a high variance with him a low floor a high ceiling he hadn't scored in the last two games he comes out with 17 on sunday five of six from three looked absolutely lights out from three-point range the only three he missed he shot from uh 
Steph Curry range. He shot that one for Martinsville. Uh, that was a heat check. I'm fine with it because he played exceedingly well. They were the beneficiary, especially Tamar, of the Hoosiers, or excuse me, the Spartans, doubling without really a plan. You don't tend to want to double one pass away. And if you do, you want to make sure that the rotation and the help is there and ready. And Michigan State didn't really seem either ready to double one pass away or the defense ready to help. And it led to some open threes for Tamar Bates. And he took full advantage of having open threes on Sunday. Same with Trey Galloway, three of three from three, 17 points apiece for both of them. Perhaps most impressive was not necessarily what they did scoring wise. It's that there was a long stretch in the second half where Jalen Hutchifino looked a little bit banged up. He didn't play well today. Uh, just one of six, two points. Uh, but Trey Galloway and Tamar Bates have developed enough at this point that the two of them could run point for, I think it was about a 10 or 11 minute stretch in the second half until Jalen came in to help close out the game. The two of them could run point and they were breaking press. Like it wasn't even just kind of this nominal point guard. These two were dealing with full court pressure, getting the ball over the court, initiating offense and creating for themselves, creating for trace, doing things that really have helped Indiana survive Jalen hood, Shafino going one of six. And like I said, kind of being a non-factor on the day, even if you went back to that three game losing streak, it'd be about two weeks ago at this point, the Iowa, the Northwestern games. I mean, they needed Jalen hood, Shafino playing at an insane level to even be close in those games. So that alone kind of shows you how this team is figuring out its new roles after losing Xavier and race. Woodson spoke about it, that there was just kind of this level of shock whenever Xavier and race specifically race went down in that Iowa game that suddenly you're down two starters and a lot of guys are being thrust into positions that they to some degree probably weren't ready for, but certainly weren't expecting this is one example with Trey and Tamar. They had kind of been this throughout the season. You'd seen it at times uh, against against Elon and Kennesaw State is one thing. Against Michigan State in a big Big Ten game, to do what they did on Sunday is really impressive. Those two are taking steps forward, big steps forward, and proving to be contributors in some capacity. It might not always be scoring. You're not going to get 34 points from them, maybe in another game this season. It'll be very few more times that you'll get a combined 34 points from them. But you can get that level of ball handling and contributions in other ways that is going to help this Indiana team, hopefully when they get back to full strength. Dylan asked an interesting question. Uh, if the team is locking in right now, basically, is it a positive or negative to introduce race? And Xavier, we saw race come back on Sunday that uh, he was rusty to say the least. He only played four minutes. I don't know how ready he was. This was a, uh, out of nowhere, a surprise basically that he was back and ready. It certainly seemed like it would be more of a long-term injury. So to have him back is a good thing. Ultimately, I do think it's a good thing to welcome them back specifically race Jordan Geronimo has been great. 
Uh, Malik Renu has been solid, but there's just not enough depth in that front court to not have Race Thompson the rest of the season. Welcoming him, reintegrating him back into the lineup is, I think, a good thing. When it comes to Xavier, I'm not certain when he'll be back, but again, he brings things to the offense that the others cannot. Nobody is better on this roster at getting to the rim. Uh, nobody is better at kind of creating for others. There are areas that the Hoosiers have struggled in. I mean, ultimately, if it wasn't for Trace going supernova, which he has and and whatnot, but IU needed Trace to go supernova, basically, with Xavier and Race out to play this well, and he's done it, and it's great to watch. But I certainly think welcoming those two guys back, those two guys back means you have a greater margin for error. You don't need Trace to go for 30 and 15 or 18 and 24 or 39, 5 and 5, whatever it's been, these absurd stat lines. You don't need him to do that. You have a greater margin for error to be able to win these games. So I understand the point, though, and Race didn't look great on Sunday, hopefully against Minnesota, a game that is a little bit of an easier matchup. Minnesota is really struggling this year. Uh, you're able to play him a little bit more and uh, reintegrate him a little bit more so that he's ready for this stretch run in the big 10. Cause it gets really tough after that one. So it was, it was great to see him on Sunday. Uh, Miller cop also the dive on the floor for him. Look, I have been his harshest critic at times. There are times when his value just isn't there whenever he's not making threes he was only one for three on Sunday, two points, two assists, two rebounds, and a steal. I ultimately thought he played well. Uh, it's a tough spot he's in because th for a number of reasons, I still am not certain that he's really a small forward. We're well past the point of finding out like he is the, the small forward and it's a tough spot he's in on some nights, but I thought he played well. He brought some intensity and as as you said, he the dive on the floor by Miller Cop kind of shows what he, um, what he brings to this team. He's a great glue guy. Like I'm not doubting his value on the roster as a whole. It's just at times maybe he is relied upon a little too much. But you can't say that on Sunday. I thought he played well and he was uh, a valuable piece to this team. Uh, the crowd did respond really well. That was nice to see when Race came back. Uh, especially after seeing how upset he was when he left the floor. But ultimately, a, a big win for the Hoosiers, an exciting one. This team seems, like I said, back on track. And they have a Minnesota game that is going to be their easiest game left on the schedule. You certainly don't want to overlook them, but a road trip to Minnesota potentially gets you back over 500 in the Big Ten. And then you have kind of almost a gauntlet to, to finish Big Ten play. So we'll see coming up on Wednesday how they'll respond to Minnesota. We're going to talk a little bit more about them, about how the Big Ten looks, because it's a, a little bit of a mess aside from, unfortunately, Purdue at the top. Uh, everybody else is just kind of mixed in there. So IU is still in contention. They have a couple games against Purdue. They could play their way back into contention, but we'll talk more about that later this week. I want to talk about the IU women who play tonight against Michigan. Tonight being Monday for those of you listening on podcast. Tomorrow for those of you 
uh, watching live right now, but they will play on Monday. Um, and let's preview that game. It's another top 25 game and another road game for the Hoosiers. We'll dive into that here in just a minute. Indiana versus Michigan on Monday night. Big shout out. Maybe not a big shout out. The Big Ten is putting this on TV. I don't want to give them too much credit because it's absurd that this isn't the norm. Uh, but this game will be tipping off at 8.15. They move the start time back a little bit to accommodate putting it on Big Ten Network. I believe the game's going to start on FS2 and will move to the Big Ten Network once... I'm not certain which game it is is playing on there, but once that game ends, this will be on Big Ten Network. It'll be in Ann Arbor. This is a tough Minnesota, or Michigan team. Excuse me, They're ranked 14th in the country. IU has only played them once since February of 2021. They played last season one time. It was a game that Michigan won, but for those that remember, the Hoosiers had a COVID outbreak uh, during the season that they had to shut things down for a couple of weeks. This was their first game back out of the COVID outbreak. That was a top 10 Michigan team that kind of had their way with Indiana. Indiana didn't have McKenzie Holmes either. So uh, I, I really don't know how much you can even take away from that game. Nas Hillman was the best player on the court. She's not even in college basketball anymore. She's in the WNBA. So I don't really know how much you can take away from that. There are some players that played in that game that'll be playing tonight, but that is the most recent matchup overall for the series. The Hoosiers do have the advantage 46 to 29, 21 and 21 on the road. Uh, but it's going to be a tough one tonight. You look at this Michigan team. It was not a Michigan team that was expected to be this good. They weren't ranked coming into the season. Losing Nas Hillman was a huge, uh, that's a huge player to replace. She was one of the best players in the country, one of the top picks in the WNBA draft. But Michigan came out, won their first nine games, 12 of their first 13. They beat Baylor, who was ranked. They beat UNC, who was ranked in that span. Uh, their only losses have been to Toledo, which was an upset, obviously, and then Ohio State and Iowa. Outside of that, they have not dropped a game. They've won their last three they beat Purdue, they beat Michigan State, they beat Rutgers. So they come into this one ranked number 14 in the country, led by uh, one of their star players from last season, Leah Brown, who does everything for them. 15.8 points, 6.0 rebounds, 4.9 rebounds, 1.2 steals. Uh, she does it all for them. That'll be a familiar name, but Emily Kaiser is averaging 17.6 points, 6.8 rebounds. She played in that game last season. Post player that will be an interesting matchup for McKenzie Holmes. Uh, <laughs> seems at times McKenzie and Trace in the last couple of weeks have been anything you can do, I can do better. So we'll see. Trace has the advantage right now. We'll see if McKenzie one-ups them on, uh, tonight on Monday. But she's going to have a tough matchup against Kaiser. Layla Falia, a guard for Michigan, also averaging 16.7 points. But that's certainly a big three that Michigan have. Those three account for about 49, almost 50 of their 77 points per game. So that's going to be the focus of their offense tonight is those three and 
they take the lion's share of the shots. Those three are going to do a lot, a lot for Michigan tonight. And they've been really good. So it's a tough task for the Hoosiers. Defensively, we'll, it'll be another challenge for them. Maybe a little bit of a different challenge. They haven't really had to play a really good post player, uh, or not as many at least. And so it'll be a challenge for Mackenzie Holmes. It'll be a challenge for Indiana again, who is, I mean, the the Big Ten schedule for um, the Hoosiers picks up this week. They play Michigan tonight. They play Ohio State on Thursday. If you want to talk about heading into gauntlets, this IU women's team is getting ready to play just a murderer's row, murderer's row. But the Big Ten and the women's side is that this season. And so it's going to be a tough, uh, a tough task for them to continue winning at the rate they are. They've only lost one game, but back-to-back ranked games this week, starting tonight at Michigan, they've won at Illinois. They've won at Tennessee, both ranked teams on the road. They've proven they can do it. Let's see it. If, let's see if they can do it again tonight. We'll be back. Monday night, tonight, whenever you guys are watching or listening to this, we'll do a live show after the game. So be sure you guys are subscribed on YouTube, following us on Twitter, so that you can join us in this conversation after the Hoosiers hopefully come away with another ranked win. It's going to be a busy week. There's games spread out throughout the week. We're going to go live after every one of them. So make sure you guys are subscribed and following us on Twitter so that you can join us in these live streams Share your thoughts on the game, the season, questions you have, things like that. Want to interact with you guys as much as possible during these shows. But thanks again, guys, for making us your first listen every day. We'll be back with the recap after the IU-Michigan game. For your second listen, check out the brand new Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Expert Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. Plus hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube, wherever you guys get podcasts. Like I said, follow us on Twitter, subscribe to the podcast, all that great stuff. Appreciate all the support you guys continue to give us. As always, let's go Hoosiers tonight, pick up another win, and most importantly, LEO.